0: If you do not believe that the New Testament accurately records the words of Jesus, you have to throw out all of ancient history. You cannot believe anything taught in any history department, in any college, in any high school, in any university, in any classics department, anywhere in the world, because we have more evidence for the New Testament than any book from antiquity.
1: Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. This is a program that presents the truth of Jesus Christ and answers the sometimes difficult questions that all of us ask about God. And we want to remind you that there are a multitude of resources available online at evidenceandanswers.org. There you'll find everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Check it out today. Today, Dr. Pat Zuckerman presents Dr. Norman Geisler before a live audience as he talks about the reliability of the Gospels. This is a two-part series. We begin today with part two. Liberal critics don't care what we think. They don't
0: care what conservative scholars say because they're not open-minded they've closed their mind to the facts they've closed their mind to the evidence and they've got the media on their side and they've got uh, the liberal institutions on their side and they can say about anything they want to say including Crossan, a jesus seminar scholar who said jesus was buried in a shallow grave dug up by dogs and was eaten now i don't know how you can celebrate easter if Jesus was dug up by dogs and eaten if his body didn't come back from the grave. Josephus recorded James' death at 62 in the Antiquities. It's like writing the life of the president uh, without mentioning his assassination. Now, here's a New Testament timeline. Jesus died 33. Right after he died, there were creeds that developed, some of which are alluded to in First Corinthians uh, chapter 15 which was written about 55. Acts was written about 62, James after that. Paul wrote some books after that. Temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. Now Acts 1:1 refers to a former book that Luke wrote. That'd be the Gospel of Luke, written to the same man, Theophilus. So that means the Gospel of Luke had to be written by 61 A.D. And when do the Jesus Seminar uh, scholars date it? 70 to 100 A.D., totally wrong. Uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, that would place Luke by 61. That would mean Matthew and Mark had to be written before Luke. So Matthew and Mark had to be written in the late 50s. So the Gospels started to be written in the late 50s, no later, and were completed, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, by the time of 62 AD. Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, and Galatians was written between uh, 50. Uh, 1 and uh, 60, the temple, most of the New Testament was written before 70 AD, probably only Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John written later, and all of that was during the time of the eyewitnesses. So here you have 27 books written by 9 people during the life of the eyewitnesses verified over and over, Jewish law said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. We got eight witnesses, beyond all reasonable doubt that the New Testament is authentic. In addition to that, we have other people who lived in the first century who quote the Bible. Now how could they be quoting a book that wasn't yet written? You got people uh, like the Epistle of Barnabas, Clement, Epistle of Polycarp, the Didache, Teaching of the Twelve, Shepherd of Hermos, Epistle of Ignatius, Ancient Homily, Fragments of Papias, people who lived at the end of the first century and the beginning of the second century who are quoting the New Testament over and over again. Even critical scholars agree that First Corinthians was written in 55 or 6, Acts was written by 62, Luke was written by 60 or 61, uh, and The substance of the New Testament is the most authenticated book from antiquity because no other event in all of history ever had contemporary eyewitnesses of this number and this amount who were willing to die for their testimony of what they saw and heard. Kill me if you want to, but what I'm telling you is true, and 11 of the 12 apostles did die martyrs' death. Any date in the first century is too early to allow mythological development of the core truths. Why? Because we know the writings of the Greek historian Herodotus enable us to test the rate at which a legend accumulates. It takes, it takes over two full generations. Now, two full generations would be two 40-year periods. It takes 80 years before you can have a full legend, why? While the eyewitnesses are still alive and their immediate children, they can squelch any rumor. Well, that wasn't true. My dad personally saw that, or I personally saw that. So while the eyewitnesses are still alive, and the first generation, you can't get a fully developed uh, myth. That would mean that no myths could appear on the scene until about the mid-second century. Guess what? The first myths, the first legendary books called apocryphal gospels appear around 140 and 150 AD, the Gospel of Thomas, just exactly the time period we would expect them to appear. Now, if you were writing a myth, would you say this? In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, and Philip, tetrarch of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene during the reign a priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the desert. Now, if you're writing a myth, you'd never say that. Why? Because there you have exact date given, 29 AD. Nowhere does the Bible tell us when Jesus was born. We know because of Herod, he had to, he had to be born at least 4 BC. We do know uh, when he died. And we do know when he started this ministry, 29 AD, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Now, if you're writing a myth, you don't want to say this. Why? Because somebody's going to check and see if Tiberius Caesar really lived. He did. He really lived. And you don't want to mention Philip and Herod and Lysanias because they're going to check that. They're going to check out all eight people. And when they do, all eight of these people are known from ancient history to have lived at this time exactly when Luke said they lived. All were known to live at this exact time. This is not a once upon a time story or something from a far off planet. This is real history. By comparison, probably the most famous person in the ancient world apart from Jesus was Alexander the Great. How much do we know about Alexander the Great? Well, contemporary sources, none. None. The Bible, 27 documents written by eight people hundred years later, only fragments, not enough to put together anything like his life. Three to five hundred years later, there were several histories of Alexander. Can you imagine if the New Testament was written three to five hundred years after the time of Jesus, what the critics would say? They would laugh it off the uh, stage. And yet they don't do that with Alexander the Great. And the Bible was written by eight authors, who were contemporaries of the events, leaving 27 documents behind, quoted 36,000 times. And three to five hundred years later we have two historians telling us about Alexander the Great. greatest archaeologist of the 20th century uh, speaks out, William F. Albright. In my opinion, every book of the New Testament was written by a baptized Jew between the 40s and the 80s of the first century very probably between 50 and 75 A.D. William F. Albright started as a liberal critic of the Bible, and the more he studied archaeology, the more he concluded that the conservative view was correct, 50 to 75 A.D. The guy who started the Death of God movement, a movement that died shortly thereafter. You remember, Nietzsche was the one who said, God is dead, sign Nietzsche, and that an visible hand wrote underneath, Nietzsche is dead, sign God. Well, death of God theologian, Bishop Robinson, started the death of God movement. And before he died, he wrote another book called Redating the New Testament, in which he was more than honest to God, he was honest to the facts. He said Matthew was written between 40 and 60, Mark between 45 and 60, Luke 57 and 60, and John between 40 and 65. Forty is seven years after Jesus died. This a liberal, atheistic, critic of the New Testament. For what I received, Paul said. Now 55 AD, Paul is saying, I receive this. That meant it had to have been in existence some time before he did. He's writing 22 years after Jesus died, and he said, I receive this tradition. There was in existence right after the time Jesus died, within a few years, scholars are now saying, within two or three years, there was a creed that Paul summarizes in 1 Corinthians 15 that says, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the dead, according to the scriptures, for our sins. There were more accurate writers, as attested by the early date of their writings, possibly 40 to 60, probably 55 to 60, certainly during the lifetime of the eyewitnesses much earlier than any other ancient book such as Alexander the Great which was 300 years later. In addition to that suppose we didn't have the four Gospels and we just had Paul's writings that they accept. Paul mentions 31 events in his writings that tell us exactly what was said in the four Gospels. Jesus had Jewish ancestry, he came from the line of David, he was virgin born He lived under Jewish law, he had brothers. There were 12 disciples, one of whom was named James. Uh, Some had wives, that Paul knew Peter and James, that Jesus lived in poverty. Uh, He was uh, thoroughly human, he was meek and gentle. He was abused by others. His teaching on divorce and remarriage, his view on paying wages for ministers, his view on paying taxes, 31 things right through his resurrection and appearances that are mentioned in Paul's epistles, which they consider to be authentic. It's a farce to attack the Gospels and to ignore Paul's epistles to say the same thing that the Gospels say. Tested by the early date of their writing, the number of the writers, the authentic nature of their writing, these are vivid, fresh, unembellished, detailed, self-incriminating, diverse, but mutually confirming. If you never heard of anything I said tonight, you never knew anything about Christianity and you're walking down a beach and you picked up a New Testament and you read it, could you know that that was an authentic story even though you knew nothing about history? The answer is yes, why? Because the accounts are vivid, fresh, unembellished, detailed, self-incriminating, diverse, mutually confirming equals historical, not mythical. Notice they made no attempt to harmonize their accounts. If, you go before, if four people see an accident and they go before the judge and they give the judge a word-for-word word identical report, what does the judge know? They're not telling the truth because four eyewitnesses never give word-for-word word identical reports. You don't have word-for-word word identical reports. here. You have diverse accounts. They never tried to harmonize them. They included materials that put Jesus in a bad light. If you were writing a book trying to make it look like Jesus was somebody he wasn't, like he's just a man, you want to make him look like God, would you say that his relatives thought he was nuts and they came to carry him away? That's what it says in Mark. The Gospel of Mark says they thought Jesus was crazy and they were going to carry him away. Would you say that? Would you say that his brothers didn't believe in him? You'd never say that. You'd say, hey, when he was born, he had a halo around his head and... You know, when his other brothers came along, they just bowed down and worshipped him. Uh, you would, if you were trying to make him look like something, he wasn't. Would you have left all those difficult passages in the Bible? If you wanted to iron out all the difficulties and make the New Testament look real harmonious, would you have left all those difficult passages? Like Matthew says there was one angel at the tomb, and John says there were two. You certainly would iron that out, you know, and say, well, let's get our story together. Was there one or was there two? Now, there is a way to reconcile that. Wherever there's two, there's always one. Did you ever notice that? So it's not a contradiction, but they made no attempt to iron things like that out. They retain many self-incriminating details. This is called the principle of embarrassment. Anyone who's writing a story that includes themselves and puts themselves in a bad light is telling the truth. (laughs) Because uh, you wouldn't make that up. In fact, you usually leave it out. Can't you imagine Peter looking over Mark's shoulder and saying, Mark, couldn't you leave that section out about me denying Jesus three times? That's not going to look too good. Could you leave that out? They included many demanding sayings of Jesus. Uh, If you were trying to make this look real good, would you put a statement in it like this? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. Ah, that guy's a cannibal, you know. Uh, They distinguish their words from Jesus. I challenge you to try something. Take a black letter edition of the Gospels. Give an intelligent 12 year old a red pen. And have him go through and offer him a nice prize. uh, Like a new bicycle. And say just put in red the words of Jesus. And you can get it. Virtually every time. Why? Without quote marks. It's pretty clear. What Jesus words are. And what the author of the Gospels words are. They weren't creating these words, they were reporting these words. Seven, they did not deny their testimony under the threat of death. Now if, you, if you're gonna fake it, you're probably not gonna put your life on the line. Probably just before, <laughs> just before they uh, pull the switch on the uh, electric chair or the needle or whatever they're gonna do, you're gonna tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They claimed their record was based on eyewitnesses. They had women witnessing the resurrection. Now this is a chauvinistic culture where a woman's testimony counts half of a man's testimony in court. Would you put the first two witnesses of the resurrection being women if it didn't happen? No, you would have had, you know, the women would have been scared, trembling over in the house. Peter, James, and John marched down there, pushed a Roman soldier by, rolled a stone away and uh, you know, go into the tomb. Not so, the men are hiding, they're trembling, and the women are at the tomb, two groups of them before the men ever got there. They challenge readers to check out the facts. Check it out. All these historians, all these people live, all of this really happened, 251 eyewitnesses. Can you account for the fact that Jews, who hadn't eaten pork in 1500 years, who worshiped on the Sabbath for 1500 years, overnight stopped eating pork, stopped worshiping on the Sabbath, and started worshiping on Sunday. Can you account for that apart from something tremendous that happened in their lives? They included more than 30 historical people. Would you list 30 historical people In your gospel, all the Agrippas, Augustus, uh, all the way down to Gallio, Gamaliel, uh, right on through the Herods, all the Herods to Tiberius Caesar. Would you list all of these people and take the risk? If you're creating a myth, we know that all of them live. C.S. Lewis, who was a great myth writer, who wrote the Narnia series, said this, all I am in private life is a literary critic and historian. That's my job. And I'm prepared to say on that basis if anyone thinks the gospels are either legend or novels then that person is simply showing his incompetence as a literary critic. I've read a great many novels and I know a fair amount about the legends that grew up among early people and I know perfectly well that the gospels are not that kind of stuff. You know what's wrong with the critics? They don't read enough myths. If they read myths they would know this is not myth. This is a straightforward unembellished stuff, not myth. The early date of their writings, the number of the writers, the nature of their writings, the accuracy of their writings confirmed by noted Roman historians, legal experts, and non-Christian sources. Do you know there are more sources outside the Bible to confirm the Bible than any other book from the ancient world? Archeological finds included. Noted Roman historian uh, Sherwin White said this, It's astonishing that while Greco-Roman historians have been growing confidence, the 20th century studies of the gospel narrative, starting from no less promising material, have taken so gloomy a turn in the development of form criticism that the historical crisis is unknowable and the history of his mission cannot be written. This seems very curious. He calls this view unbelievable. Roman historians literally drool over the evidence we have for the first century history about Christ. They don't have anything like that for Roman history. They call it unbelievable that scholars would deny it. As I mentioned earlier, Colin Hemmer wrote a book in 1990 showing evidence that the guy who wrote the book of Acts, Luke, and who wrote the Gospel of Luke was a first-rate historian because of his knowledge of minute geographical details, known only to the readers, specialized details, known only to special groups, specifics of not widely known routes, places, and officials that he recorded, correlation of dates and acts with general history, details appropriate to that period but not others, events which reflect a sense of immediacy, idioms of culture that bespeak of a first-hand awareness, verification of numerous details of times, people, and events of that period best known only to contemporaries. In other words, here's a guy who wrote a book showing that there are almost a 100 details in the, God, in the book of Acts that could only have been known by people of that time period, including the proconsular's nickname, what sickness they had on an island, how deep it was, so many feet from shore, what were the, which way the winds blew, uh, I mean, incredible details, and he never made a single mistake. He recorded almost 100 of these details without making a single mistake. The same man wrote the Gospel of Luke. You can trust this first-rate historian. Uh, Simon Greenleaf, the greatest legal authority in early America, was challenged by his students to take the rules that lawyers use in a court to test whether a witness is telling the truth. And apply it to the New Testament witnesses. He did, and he was converted to Christianity. And notice the last line. If so, then it is believed that every honest and impartial man will act consistently with that result by receiving their testimony in all of its extent and import. This has been done by other attorneys as well. Non Christian sources. If you knew nothing about Jesus from the Bible, the early fathers of the church, and only took secular non-Christian sources, here's what you would know. F.F. Bruce and Gary Habermas wrote books. The following events you would know. Jesus was from Nazareth. He lived a virtuous life. He performed unusual feats. He introduced new teaching contrary to Judaism. He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. His disciples believed he rose from the dead. His disciples denied polytheism. His disciples worshiped him. His teachings and disciples spread rapidly. His followers believed they were immortal. His followers had contempt for death, kill me if you want, but I know where I'm going and I know my testimony is true. And his followers weren't doing it for the money. They renounced material goods and they were poor. Testimony of archeology. span No archeological find has ever refuted a single thing in the Bible and thousands of finds have confirmed things in the Bible. Listen to one archeologist, as a matter of fact, however, it may be stated categorically that no archeological discovery has ever a biblical reference, not one. Scores of archeological findings have been made which confirm in clear outline or exact detail historical statements in the Bible. And one archeologist pointed out there are over 25,000, that's not a typo, 25,000 sites that confirm the general picture or specific details of what the Bible reports. Some archaeological finds in the life of Jesus, his hometown uh, synagogue was excavated. Pilate's inscription was found with his name on it. Caiaphas inscription, the high priest, time of Jesus inscription found. Yohanan, a crucifixion victim from 70 AD, was found crucified just as it said they crucified Jesus. And Nazareth decree a slab of stone from Emperor Claudius and not long after Jesus died, hinting of uh, uh, the resurrection of Christ and the story that emerged from it. Other sites where Jesus was born and traveled and lived and walked and uh, died, all there. Here's his hometown synagogue. Here's the Pilate inscription. Here's the Caiaphas inscription. Uh, Here's the nail that went through the heel bone of a first century crucifixion victim on the right. Uh, Here's a tomb, just like the tomb that Jesus uh, rose from. Last time I looked, the U.S. News and World Report was not the Fundamentalist Journal. It's a liberal news uh, magazine, and here's what it said. In extraordinary ways, modern archaeology has affirmed the historical core of the Old and New Testaments, corroborating key portions of the stories of Israel's patriarchs, the Exodus, Davidic monarchy, and the life and times of Jesus. Guess what? That's the whole Bible. That's the whole Bible. Summary. 10 good reasons for accepting the New Testament. There were nine different authors, 27 different books. They were based on eyewitness testimony. Early accepted Pauline letters confirm them. There was no time for myths to develop. The nature of the record is authentic. Non-Christian sources support them. Roman historians confirm them. Noted legal experts vouch for them. Many archeological finds have supported them look just pick up the new testament and read it for yourself it has the ring of authority it has the signs of authenticity Uh, there are people who criticize the bible have never really read it there are people criticizing the gospels who've never really read the gospels and the punchline is this if we have in our hands and i think the evidence supports it the most authentic and the most documented book from the ancient world And in this book it says, Jesus of Nazareth was virgin born, lived a sinless life, died on a cross and rose from the dead, did numerous miracles to prove who he was. And if he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes unto the Father but by me, you can believe it
1: well thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers today with Pat Zuckerman and our prayer is that we answer the hard questions that all of us ask and that we equip you to know what you believe and why you believe it if you're a seeker or a skeptic we hope we've challenged you with the various evidences which support the claims of Christ there are a multitude of resources available on our website evidenceandanswers.org interviews with leading scholars past shows that you can download and we deal with topics from atheism to Zen Buddhism to Islam to the occult the cults agnosticism and contemporary issues which face us today and by the way when you purchase our resources you keep pat sukerin speaking out all over the world help support a quality apologetics program for radio and podcast and pat's speaking engagements on college campuses and churches all over the world evidence and